Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that? He died and rose again. Not just died, he died and rose again. Amen. What a marvelous Savior we serve. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, I come to you today, Lord, just asking, Lord, once again that you administer and you touch our hearts and lives. Know the needs, Father, we have, Lord. We ask, Father, you just move. Lord, that you would comfort, that you would bind hearts, that you would heal, Lord, the broken heart at every, every part, we pray. Lord, we bind every spirit that would try to hinder, Lord, and hurt. God, that your presence can reign supreme. Lord, in our hearts and in our lives and in this service, we commit our lives to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be turning to Psalms chapter 42, if you would. Amen. Just like to say it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We uh, have something here that's very wonderful as a, a book that's been printed by Brother John Lay and some of his family, Sister Marie, and different ones. It's the Messiah. If you'd like to have that, to look at it, to read it, it's a very wonderful message, one I've listened to actually a couple of times in the last few months, and, and, uh, but they've uh, printed it, and I believe it's there on the library counter if you'd like to have one. He's uh, bought a printer to do some outreach and things, and, and uh, if anyone's interested in helping with that, he would be sure, be sure and talk to him and, and speak to him about it. Amen. Also, would like you to remember me and Brother Tim in prayer. We'll be leaving in the morning to go to Canada, Amen. to Edmonton, and uh, do the memorial service for Brother Hildebrandt, or, and for his family there in the church, the church body there, and also minister there on Sunday, and then take a few days and go through the mountains and over to Vancouver. So we're going to be gone a few weeks, and so we just ask that you would remember us in prayer. Amen. Amen. Yes, Cloverdale Bible Way for their, their 50th. It happens to be the same year as ours, but their 50th anniversary as well and ministering there at that meeting, amen, commemorating, amen, that great milestone for that church. So, amen, we got a, got a lot to be thankful for in the time that we're living in, and, and I'm thankful that we can move around again and go to different places and, and, and minister to, to hearts and needs of God's people, and so... Amen. God bless you tonight. Let's look at this, uh, this scripture reading here. Psalms chapter 42 and verse 7 says, Deep calleth unto the deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto God, unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieting within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Amen. We'll let you be seated. <clears throat> we know this is a scripture reading that Brother Brandon would pull deep calleth to the deep from. And I would like to speak to you tonight on a thought, a kind of a more or less a continuation of where we was last Wednesday, but the light has brought you to where you are. Amen. The light has brought you to where you are. Amen. So we, we see here, Brother Brandon would talk about the deep that calleth unto the deep. There has to be a deep to respond or there's something that draw. There's a drawing power. There's something that's pulling. And, and he, would, he would bring out the, the man Simeon there that sat in the temple and he had been given a revelation of God that to, into, into his heart that he would not see death until he saw the Christ. And so he was there looking for that. And he said he, said he had that there laying there, that promise that was in his heart. And he said, the Holy Spirit, now we know the Holy Spirit is the, the pillar of fire, is the, the, the Logos, the, 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 the light of God. The Holy Spirit has promised you something, he says, then you must expect him to back up what he said and to bring it to pass. He says, it's up to the Holy Spirit to see that you're led to it. 
It's up to the Holy Spirit to see that you're led to it. He says, how many is expecting a revival? He said, well, maybe this is the time. He's led you to that. You couldn't have that desire for a revival unless there was revival to be had. Amen. So, and then, and then if there's a promise of that, a promise to you, then the Holy Spirit is going to make sure that you're led to that place and to that spot. Amen. He says, how many have been expecting healing? He says, all right, well, there has to be a fountain open for your healing. Amen. And then the Holy Spirit is there to make sure that you're led to where you need to be. He says, look, David said, when the deep calleth in the deep, he said, if there's a deep calling on the inside, there's got to be a deep somewhere to respond to that call. See what I mean? He says, how, he says, you know, you said before there was a fish or a fin on a fish back, there had to be water first for him to swim in, or he would never had a fin before there would be a tree to grow in the earth. There had to be an earth first, or there never would have been a tree to grow in it. He said, uh, you know, he talks about that little boy and we've heard the story about gnawing off the erasers and, and school of his pencils and, and he'd even gnaw off the pedals on his bicycle and they took him to a doctors and clinics and blood tests and things and to check him out and they found out that there was something lacking in his body that his body was craving sulfur and 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 there and there had been a sulfur deficiency in his body and so that crave caused that caused a deep to call and he said the only way that could be there there had to be sulfur to fulfill that call in other words, there had there, for there was a creation, there had to be a creator to create the creation. He said, now, if you're thirsting for more of God, he said, how many would like to have more of God? And he said, this shows you there's more of God for you to have. Hallelujah. Amen. So, and so looking at that, the light will lead you to the place that you need to be. Amen. It says to you, so just as sure as you believe that there's, that God is a healer, there's a fountain open somewhere for that healing or you would never have that desire. Oh, what a promise. Amen. Amen. I cannot have a desire for healing unless there's a healing to be had. And we know the promises of God are laying there in the Bible for that. Therefore, that Bible is a fountain that's been open. Amen. A, a, a stream of life that's been available for us. And the Holy Spirit will make sure you're at the right place at the right time to receive that promise if that's what you're expecting to receive. Just like Simon, you know, he, he no doubt maybe, maybe in his mind he thought, well, I'll just go back up there to the temple and thought it was just another day as usual. But this was not just another day as usual. This was the day that the Messiah was going to come into the temple. And so the light was making sure he was there to receive the promise. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, I was got to thinking about that as, a, as just one man, but now there's a bride body here on the earth that's also looking for the return of the Messiah. Amen. You think it might be just another day as usual and things are going on and all kind of stuff is happening. All stuff around us is falling apart, but the light is preparing you to receive the Messiah. The light is preparing you to receive, amen, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, if you, we, we couldn't have that desire for the coming of the Lord if there wasn't a coming of the Lord. Amen. There's something in us that's pulsating and pulling us to the place where we need to be. Amen. He said the Holy Spirit is obligated. It was obligated to lead Simon to that place, to that fountain. He said if you're expecting it, the Holy Spirit is obligated to lead you to the same place. It's got to open up somewhere. He said if you've got a burning desire in your heart, the Holy Holy Spirit is obligated to lead you to it. Right to the fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins where sinners plunge beneath the flood and lose all their unbelief and their guilty state. You want to be a place where you can surpass any doubt of your mind? Don't, you don't want to be that way? Well, there's a fountain somewhere that'll do it. You're searching for it. You're searching for it. But there is a place that will fulfill that desire. He said every promise in the book belongs to us. So you're searching for it. That if it was close to you, it was close to Simeon. But it was the Holy Spirit's obligation to lead him to the place where Christ was. That's the Holy Spirit's obligation. 
Hallelujah. So you're desiring something for God. Well, the Holy Spirit's got a job also. He's got an obligation. He's going to make sure that desire does not go unfulfilled. He's going to make sure that desire is fulfilled, whether it be a revival, whether it be a Holy Ghost, whether it be a healing, whether it be a deliverance, whatever it is you have need of, the Holy Ghost is obligated to lead you to the place, the light of Almighty God to lead you to the place where you can receive from the fountain of God. He said, if you believe in healing, it's the Holy Spirit's obligation to lead you to that fountain. You don't have to, he said, you don't have to get in, but he will lead you up, show you, but if you're seeking it, you'll get in. If you're seeking the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will lead you right up to the place where you can receive the Holy Ghost, if you'll just let him lead you. He said, I I can hear the Holy Ghost in the room that morning with Simeon say, stand up. Where you want me to go, Lord? Not for you to know. Just keep walking. And here he come. Don't know where he's going. He's just walking. Walks out of the room. He said, just keep walking, Simeon. Just keep walking, Simeon. What's this about, Lord? Just keep walking. What must I do? Just keep walking. I'm leading you. I'm leading you to the place to where you can receive your promise. Hallelujah. Are you willing to let him do that? Amen. To take your mind, to take your heart, to take everything you have. Amen. Let the mind that was in Christ be in you. Don't criticize. If you can't understand it, look it up in scriptures and see if it's right or not. But just keep walking. Just keep going on with God. He is leading you. Amen. I want you to understand, we give too much credit to the devil. He's not led you anywhere. The light has led you to where you are. He has led you to the place that you can receive something from God. Amen. He's led you to the place to where you can receive the truth of this hour. Amen. Your complex didn't lead you. Your doubts didn't lead you. Your fears didn't lead you. The light of the Holy Ghost has led you to the place where you are. Amen. He says he walks over to this line of women. He said there might have been two or three hundred standing there. And I can see him walking the line. And he was saying in his heart, Lord, you told me one day the Holy Ghost came upon me and made known many things. You've never failed me. I don't know what you want with me this morning, but you just keep telling me to walk and I'm walking. And after a while, as soon as his eyes fell upon that little woman, all of them standing back like borderline believers, you know, standing back on the side, days of miracles are past and so forth. You know, to to a hungry heart that's been led by God, you know where it's at when you find it. You know they've arrived somewhere. So Simeon when he got up close to where that baby was, I can just see that old sage and those big glistening tears start coming down his bearded cheeks and reach over and grab that baby in his arms and said, oh what a feeling this is this morning. Lord now let thy servant depart in peace. According to thy words for my eyes have seen thy salvation. The very thing that everybody else was criticizing and making fun, that That's thy salvation. Let thy servant now depart in peace according to your word. I'm ready to go now for my eyes have seen what you have brought me to see. Oh my, way back over in the corner was another woman, another little woman, another woman, little woman named Anna, Anna, I believe it was, and the Spirit of the Lord fell upon her blind as she can be. But the light of God led her to where she could receive the promise. Hallelujah. Raise up Anna and here she came to the temple blind physically, but she could see a lot further than many of them standing there with good eyes. Hallelujah. She could see greater things than them that could see with eyes. They could see the walls. They could see the floor. They could see everything around them. But that's not what she was looking at. She was looking at that whirling ball of fire that was leading her to the promise. Hallelujah. She came straight to where the baby was and she raised her up in her hands and blessed God and blessed Mary and prophesied there before them that child would be for a fall and a rise in many in Israel and the sword that would pierce the heart and how the prophets had said it take place. And that old blind man could be, or that old blind woman could be led to that spot without natural eyes. That's what the Holy Ghost can do. He can lead you to where you need to be. 
Hallelujah. I remember another blind woman in our day that was a little blind black girl that was caught in a big crowd and she was crying out. I, I want to see the healer. I need my father crying out and crying out. Amen. Brother Branham had just come from a real miracle that had taken place and he hears her cry and he said, you know what? I just kind of got over there and I stepped in her way on purpose. I love that. God knows how to get in your way on purpose. He knows how to lead you to where you need to be. You might be heading the wrong direction, but he knows how to get in your way. Ask Saul. He knew about it. He was going the wrong way, all the way down to Damascus, going to go persecute and, and, and putting people in jail that was preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was going the wrong direction, but a light led him to where he needed to be. Hallelujah. And this is where she was, this little blind girl. And she comes to a place, she bumps up against the prophet, and she begins to say something to him. And he begins to talk to her, and we know the story. Amen. He begins to tell her who he is, and she grabs a hold of him, and she says, I'm not going to let you go. It was something in her that desired something. And now she was at the place where she could receive it. And she wasn't going to miss her opportunity. And she grabbed a hold of it. And she said, if you'll get me to the healer, I'll find my daddy. What was it? It was the light had led her to this place. A blind person. A blind woman could be led to that spot without natural eyes to see that fountain filled with blood. How much more ought, to he, be, ought, ought he to be able to lead you tonight that's good, got good sight to the cross that can see with your spiritual eyes? Don't look for the applause of the world. You won't have it. But be willing to sacrifice your prestige. Everything you are, sacrifice it to the kingdom of God. Sacrifice your time for prayer. Sacrifice your life. Sacrifice your old card game. Sacrifice, you can put whatever you want to put there sacrifice all things of the world give it over to the devil I love that give it over to that let him have it it belongs to him let's walk with Jesus let's walk with the pillar of fire we are people that are led by the pillar of fire Listen, it wasn't, it wasn't Moses' idea that was leading the children of Israel down to the Red Sea. It happened to be a pillar of fire that led them there. And the pillar of fire never was lost. He never took a wrong turn. He never had to use his voice recalculating. He was making every turn on purpose. He was moving in every direction he moved on purpose. He said, I'm doing it for a reason because I want Pharaoh to heart, his heart to harden. I want him to say the children of Israel are entangled in the wilderness and he's going to come after you. But it was the light that led them into the valley. It was a light that led them to the place of Pharaoh's destruction. It was the light that led them there. It wasn't their feelings. Amen. If they had went on their own feelings, they'd have went back to Egypt. But they were following the light. Amen. You wonder why David, think about this. I was thinking about this the other day as this thought began to come on my heart after I preached Wednesday night on Thursday, began to think some of these thoughts. I actually texted them to a few friends and I said, you know, David got up that morning and he thought it was just another day. Thought there was nothing really. Maybe he knew there was a battle going on, but he'd been tending father's sheep and his father got up and all of a sudden he had something come on his heart and said, you know what? Get David and make a few things for his brother. Send him down there to the battle. So they'll make sure they got something to eat. On his mind, it was nothing but just something to eat. But if you'd have looked a little deeper than that and looked with some spiritual eyes, there would have been a challenge that had been going on by the devil. And listen, now God hears every enemy's challenge. He hears every enemy's challenge and he's willing to accept the challenge. Amen. Amen. There was a pillar of fire that had been lit. Listen, they got into the promised land, but that didn't mean the pillar of fire left. It showed up many times through the Bible. Amen. It was there with Manoah at the altar. It was there with Elijah. It was there through many of the prophets and all the many judges. You can read about the pillar of fire that was there. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it was there in that battle. Saul may not have saw it. His army apparently didn't see it. Amen. But it began to draw. 
He was standing there listening to that glass challenge and saying, I got somebody here that's going to accept that challenge. And it began to pull and it began to pull and it began to pull until it pulled a man out of bed and he said, you know what? I need to make some sandwiches. I need to get some grapes together. I need to get some milk. Put them in this. David, come over here. Take them down to your brother's. But meanwhile, David's thinking he's going down to just give some food. But the light's pulling him to the valley. The the light is pulling him to the place of death of Goliath's destruction. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't you understand what is happening this hour? Amen. A light visited this generation and it showed up and it has not left. It's still among us. It's still moving. It's still healing. It's still delivering. It's still satisfied. It's still filling with the Holy Ghost. It has not left. And it's whirling in the greatest, darkest day there's ever been. And it's saying, I know I got somebody here that's going to accept the challenge of this Laodicean spirit and defy that thing and say, I'm not bowing down to you. We ought to have some idea tonight. He said what the Holy Spirit is in operation, what it should look like. Jesus described to us what the church of the living God would look like. He said, in my name, they'll cast out devils. Check. How many are witnesses? Amen. They shall speak with new tongues. Check. They shall take up serpents and drink anything. It will not harm them. Check. They shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Check. The things that I do shall you do also. Check. Amen. You shall know the thoughts of the heart and describe and discern and so forth. Check. The word is still the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When the deep calleth in the deep, there's a deep call, so there has to be a response. There has to be something on the inside. There has to be something there, or you wouldn't have that desire. The Creator has created it for you to be able to have that desire. Amen. Another place he says again about the fish. He said God put a fin on him so he could swim in water, but God had to there had to be water before they had ever put a fin on him. Before there could ever be a tree to grow, there had to be earth. Amen. It was a deep, there has to be a deep call to the deep. There has to be a light to lead the Holy Spirit. He said, he said, you know, divine healing. Let me go. I think I doubled it here. Hold on a minute. Go on down. But we see Jesus coming to this moment and we find him at this place. And Simeon could have missed his moment. Anna could have missed her moment, but the light wasn't going to let them. And neither will he ever let his children miss their moment. Never. He said, I've seen. He said, I've seen wonderful things. But this is Brother Bradham again. He said, I've seen wonderful things of the light leading. We know many of the stories. I'm going to just go through a few of them. So there's a woman present here that I wish to speak to. It was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, great revival with Paul Rader and another man. And many of those gallant men, Brother Bosworth was sitting. He was at a meeting speaking. I got up at the Indiana Hotel. And he said, the usher came and a bellhop came, told me, Brother Brandon, you can't even get down there. There's so many people. So they took me out. There was a place where this man with multiple sclerosis was healed. They sent the word to King George of England for me too. And King George of England sent word back to have prayer for him for multiple sclerosis, which God healed. The man had been in bed patient for 10 years, paralyzed from his waist down. He was sitting there, couldn't even get in the line twisting. Brother Bosworth sitting there, witnesses picked him up and said, how many read we the people? You received the article. My meetings were represented there from a blind girl and so forth in Fort Wayne. Anyway, he goes on down. He says, there he was going to the platform. This man, some businessman picked him up. He hadn't walked for 10 years, been in bed, multiple sclerosis, tried to lay him there. People walking over him. We just had called a fast line and, and the fellow, they pulled him off for the platform and he was about dead. And he was sitting in his wheelchair again, and he looked up like that, and I turned, and I felt faith pulling. I felt faith pulling. 
Looked down and there he was sitting. I said, oh, he said, oh, Brother Branham, if I could only touch your trouser leg, I'd, I'd get well. Trying to touch my trouser leg to get well. I said, God bless you, brother. And I looked again and I seen a vision of him going, walking away. I knew it had to happen then. I said, brother, you've been patient for 10 years. He said, that right? Jesus Christ has made you whole. And up from that wheelchair like that, away he went. And there was an old man laying there. He said, well, if I could only touch your clothes, Brother Branham, I'd get well. He was paralyzed, had arthritis. And I passed down to him. He put his old crippled hand over me. He said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's what I want to do. See his anticipation according to your faith, be it unto you. And about, I got a letter about six months later, a man that had multiple sclerosis was driving down the road. A man that was paralyzed was out in his field plowing with a tractor. One seen the other, buddies set all through the meetings talking to one another. And this was the last night. And there that man would have been crippled for years with arthritis, up, drawn up bed patients. Seen the man coming down the road, had been a multiple sclerosis patient. And that man jumped out of the car and ran to the field. And the other one jumped off the tractor and they ran to one of the grave, grabbing each other saying amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me hallelujah what was it like led them to their place because they were desiring something from God He said, I remember going out one morning, my wife and I, Mrs. Morgan, and Mrs. Morgan, Mayo's nurse that's been healed with cancer, they give up on her with it and everything, just cancer through and through. She weighed somebody around, seemed like 40-something pounds, looking a lot worse than Miss Florence Nightingale, Nightingale did. Lots worse than she was. And they said, there's nothing can be done. She weighed 100, and she weighs 155 pounds now in perfect health. She was with us, and we're going down the street. We went through under the basement, come out, come down the street, and had my coat up, and I was holding little Becky sitting in my arms. We're going down the street, and all at once, the Holy Spirit said, don't go over to the title house. Go down this way for breakfast. And I turned down that way, not knowing where I was going. I walked on and the women followed me. I heard his voice and I looked before the place to Miller's cafeteria and said, turn in. And I went in, I got some prunes and a cup of coffee and I sat down. Mercy. And I just asked a blessing. About that time, somebody said, glory to God. Miss Morgan said, buddy, you're, brother Brandon, you're caught now. I said, just wait a moment. His old mother got up, was thanking God, said, Brother Branham, my brother, I followed you meeting after meeting after meeting, trying to get in. I couldn't do it. And last night I prayed all night long. We even sold our cow. They, they was from Texas. We sold our cow to get to have enough money to come here. And the last meeting is gone tonight. And we can't get a prayer card. We've had many cards, but we can't get called. We, we, we went through every resource that we got. I prayed all night long till about 4 o'clock in this morning. And I dreamed that I was to come to Miller's Cafeteria and be sure to be here at 9 o'clock. And he said, look at it. It's right on the dot. Oh, how wonderful he is. God healed the man standing right there. Amen. Turned her without eating and started walking the aisle out. The Holy Spirit leading. I went to the door. The little lady, fine dressed woman, dressed in black, fell out almost into the street and said, Oh, my. She was from Chicago. She sits in this meeting tonight somewhere. She was here yesterday. God had spoke to her, knowing that her life was at the end of her state, and said, Go stand before Miller's cafeteria 10 minutes after 9. I wonder if that lady's here somewhere tonight. Her husband owns a spaghetti company in Chicago. If you're here, raise your hand, something or another. They send me word that she's here. There she is right there. Let's give God praise. Cancer, malignant, way out. I think males had turned her down. But there she is tonight after two years. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Hallelujah. Led by the Holy Spirit to perfect health. Hallelujah. I think she just returned from South America and she's been in this meeting giving her testimony. He said, I left her and I started on down the street and the Holy Spirit said, stand still. 
Mrs. Morgan and Mita said, come on, my wife and I, my wife, I said, cross the street, go to the drug tour, get baby some coloring books, go on down to the basement, go up to the place, the place is full. I said, the Holy Spirit's not through yet. And I stood there on the corner and said, I got back and I was kind of looking, love guns and fishing tackle and things. I was looking at, at it through a window. Nobody seen me. And I slipped back in the corner and said, Heavenly Father, what would you have me do? Go down to the corner, cross the street and stand there for a little bit. And I went out and crossed the street and stood there. This happens all the time. Stood there on the corner a little bit. I didn't know what was going to happen. Stood there about 10 minutes. People kept coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. After a while, big Irish cop blowed his whistle and some more press uh, pedestrians crossing. I looked, here come a little lady with a little tam on and with a checkered like suit holding a pocketbook in her arms. She crossed the street, went right by me. And he said, draw close to her. <laughs> draw close to her and I did and it went, she went on by and I thought well that's strange why did he want me to go by her and I stood there a little bit and all of a sudden she whirled around she said oh brother Brown said yes ma'am oh how I feel like I'm going to faint so what's the matter? I'm from Canada. I'm only allowed $150 a year down here. Spent all my money. I have five cents for coffee. I slept in the hotel lobby last night in the chair where he let me sleep. And she said, I have five cents for coffee this morning. I was going to hitchhike my way back to Canada. I was about two or three squares below here crying, saying, I have to go back the way I come. And he said, turn to your right. Not just speaking to a prophet. Turned to your right and said, I got in the spirit. I didn't know where I was till I seen you standing here. Hallelujah. Have you ever been in that place? You didn't know where you was until you saw him standing there. You didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, God came down on the scene and revealed to you what was happening in the moment. Hallelujah. So what's the matter with sister? Said my arm's been crippled. I was riding a dog when I was a little girl and I hurt my hand. I said, stretch forth your hand. Jesus Christ has healed you. And that little bit, that big old cop said, I know who you are, Brother Branham, like that. And talk about a prayer line. We had there on the street for about an hour there till someone, someone had to come and get me. Many, many things that took place one just after one in just a few moments. He knows where to lead you to your deliverance. He knows where to pull you to. He knows exactly what you have need of. This woman thought, well, I'm just walking to nowhere. Even after she heard a voice, she said, I didn't even know where I was at until I saw you. Remember the story, this is, of course, a very familiar one of him flying over Memphis. The storm come up, grounded the plane. Ah, Just a storm. God has, he knows how to use storms. He knows exactly how to use storms. So we'll call you in the morning. He's talking to the airline. So we'll call you in the morning. So I went to the Peabody Hotel. They stayed all night there. A little ne- next morning, they called me early and said, now be ready at 8 o'clock. I said, all right. Had some mail to mail somewhere. So I walked out early and went down to the post office, put the mail in, listening close now to this, how the Holy Spirit leads. I went down to the post office, going down the street. I was going down singing that little old Pentecostal song people sing. They're telling now both far and wide, his power is yet the same. I'm glad to say I'm one of them. I was going down singing, I'm one of them, I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Going across the street, something said, stop. I felt the angel of the Lord come near and I got back up against one of the big pillars. I said, Heavenly Father, what would you have me do? He said, turn and go back and just keep going. 
I turned and I walked back down the street and I walked on and on and on and on. Seemed like two to three, maybe four miles, eight o'clock, come nine o'clock. The plane, no doubt, was gone, gone. I just kept walking. After a while, I was in the colored district and I walked down this little white hot washed house. Down there, roses blooming around the door. And I looked hanging over the gate and there hung a very typical Aunt Jemima. She had a man's shirt pinned around her head like this and she was hanging over the gate. I've seen her over a hundred yards away and I'm watching. I was singing, only believe, only believe all things are possible. Only believe. Walking on down and I quit singing. I started by and I looked over and she said, howdy, Parson. And I said, well, how'd you do, ain't he? Down south, they call a preacher a parson. And so I said, how you doing, ain't he? She looked, I looked at her and them tears were rolling down them big old fat cheeks. <laughs> she looked at me and I, she said, I said, well, how do you know I'm a parson? She said, I knew you was coming. Well, how do you know I was a parson? She said, did you ever hear about the Shunammite woman in the Bible that had a baby? I said, yes. Well, I'm one of them kind of women. I was barren and I promised the Lord if he'd give me a child, I'd raise him for him. I'd done the best that I could. And I said, first thing you know, my boy took the wrong road and he took a horrible disease and he's laying in there dying. Doctors can't do nothing. He's been unconscious now for two days. Doctors give him all kinds of shots and nothing will stop it. It's down to the marrow of his bone. Nothing will drive it about. He's been unconscious, but he, him's a backslider. And I prayed all day and all night, Lord, please send me somebody. And so the Lord this morning about four o'clock told me to go out and I'll see a man with a brown suit on. A small man with dark hair would come down the street and this would be the parson. And she said, I've been standing here ever since that time. Hallelujah. I seen that brown suit coming to around that corner and I said, I know that's the person right there. Oh, hallelujah. What am I speaking of? The same Holy Ghost that led Simeon is the same Holy Ghost leading the church tonight. Hallelujah. It's the same Holy Ghost. He'll lead you to the same place where you can receive the Messiah. If you're desiring the Holy Ghost, he'll lead you to that place. If you're desiring healing, he'll lead you to that place. If you're desiring victory, he'll lead you to that place. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. You are not alone. The same Holy Ghost that led Simeon is leading the church. He said, said, Ain't he? My name is Branham. Did you ever hear of me? No, sir. Never heard of you, Parson Branham. Will you come in and see my boy? I don't want him to die a backslider. I want him to be saved, Parson. Listen to her desire. Wasn't I wanting him healed? I want him saved. And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, Annie, I pray for the sick. Never heard about my meetings? No, sir, Parson Branham. The only thing I know is the Lord told me you'd be a small man with dark hair and you'd have a brown suit and you'd be coming this way. That's the only thing I know. Oh, that same Holy Spirit that lived in Simeon's day is the same Holy Ghost tonight. He's ready to come when the deep calls to the deep. Hallelujah. He's, I've been in king's palaces. I've been in aristocrats' homes. I've been where there's worth maybe $28 million or more. I've been in the poorest of the poor. But I was never, I never was any more welcome than I was in that little old whitewashed cabin that morning when the sun come across that hill kissing away the sweetness of the fragrance of the roses that were blooming. And that old chain hanging down the gate and that plow horn hang, hanging down the end of it for a way. I walked in that little house and there was this little old brass po- poster 
bed, standing in the corner, straw tick in the ma- for a mattress, and up on the door was said, God bless our home. An old wash tub sitting in the kitchen, it, but it was home. I looked, laying on that bed was a great big colored boy, strong, strong looking with a blanket going, uh, 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 it's so dark. Uh. I said, what's the matter with him? Parson, I think he's gone out of his mind. He's lost it the last two days. He thinks he's out on the ocean somewhere or something. He, I said, Annie, let's pray. Boy, said, it's so cold out here. Mm. She knelt down. And that old saint prayed a prayer, brother. I'm telling you, I just felt the foot of the bed and tears begin to splat on the floor. She raised up. She took that old apron and wiped her eyes and said, Lord, don't let him die till I hear his mom, this little boy tell his mammy, I'm saved. Oh, hallelujah. I felt his feet and they were cold, sticky. Death was upon him. Had syphilis went through him. Nothing they could do. Had given mercury, given penicillin. Got, 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 he got in the wrong crowd. But I knelt down and said, Haney, let's pray. I said, Heavenly Father, that plane's an hour past now and no, or more. But you said, turn and come this way. You said, they that are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. I don't know, Father, why you sent me down here. That'll be explained another day. But somehow I believe this is a place you were living me a way it's been brought around you showed her I was coming and me coming this way I said the only thing I know Lord is I lay hands upon this dying man in the name of your son Christ Jesus please spare his life oh mammy it's getting light in the room now in a few minutes he was sitting on the side of his bed talking to us in his right mind about six months later I passed down on the train going down to Arizona got out of Memphis going to buy me a couple of hamburgers and I heard somebody hollering oh Parson Bradley and I looked and here come he's one of them red caps there and he came running grabbed my hand jumping up and down and all around Parson Brown you remember me I said I'm sorry I don't believe I do he said one morning the Holy Spirit led you to my mammy's cabin where I was dying but Parson Brown not only am I well I'm saved hallelujah I'm saved I'm a Christian brother still a Holy Ghost in the church of the living God that'll lead every wayward one home to where they can one day begin to shout and say I'm saved I'm saved I'm saved amazing grace how sweet the sound hallelujah blessed be the name of the Lord that's calling to the deep. I have a desire to see prodigals come home. It must be fulfilled. I have a desire to see Holy Ghost filled young people, Holy Ghost filled families. And it must be fulfilled. I have a desire to see healing in the body, deliverance in the body. Do you have that same desire? It must be fulfilled. The light will lead us to the place. Hallelujah. I can see a little woman get on a camel, load her goods on a camel and cross a desert through thieves, cross a desert through all kinds of problems and situations. But there was a deep that called unto the deep. There was a desire in her to see a living God. There was a desire in her to see something. And he said there was something in her heart calling her. What was it? It was the light pulling her and bringing her to the place she could receive the promise. There was a living God in action somewhere and she wanted to find it. Hallelujah. David said, when the deep calleth in the deep at the noise of, our, of your water spouts, so if there's any part of God in man, the supernatural God begins to move, something moves with him. Did you hear that? It'll take him to it. It can't help it. 
David said, as the heart longs for the water brook, so my soul thirsts after thee, O God. The heart, the deer, has got to find the water brook or perish. And if a man's got God in his heart, he knows there's an open fountain somewhere. He has to find it or perish. He will deny any creed, any form, anything else to find a drink of a true living God. That's what starts real things moving. The deep that calleth in the deep. Now, we know the story of a man who set an egg one time, didn't have enough eggs under it for a setting. So he grabs him a duck egg. She throw me a curveball. I thought you were going to say eagle egg. Well, this is a duck egg story. <laughs> the duck egg. When that little old duck hatched out, he was the funniest looking thing them chickens had ever looked at. His beak didn't look the same. His feet didn't look the same. His feathers didn't look the same. His squeak or squawk or talk didn't, wasn't the same. They bock, bock, and he quack, quack. One of them picking on him said, well, he must be a holy roller with that long bill. This is a, pro- this is a prophet's word. I'm just quoting the prophet. He must be a holy roller with that long bill. What's that for? Why does he waddle when he walks? He's a funny looking thing. <laughs> no time through any age has any man or woman rose up in Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, or anything else that really loved God and was on fire for God, but what he was called an ugly duckling amongst a bunch of chickens. The other thing, the little duck out in the barnyard couldn't stand to scratch in them manure piles like them chickens did. Did Ducks got duck food. Chickens has chicken food. You could teach that old dead theology if you want to, brother, but something on the inside is beating for a true living God. There's nothing else will satisfy it till that's quenched. Oh, hen... She would look at him, clucking to the hen, fooled the little duck for a little bit, but he got to realizing something's different here. Sounds different. She'd go cluck, 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 and he'd go quack, quack, quack. He didn't know that language. He said, a believer don't know that kind of language. Don't know the language of, you know, just shake hands and easy believism and just put your name on the book. You have a ticket to heaven. That duck knows better than that. A duck knows he's got to be born again. He knows there's got to be something real, but that little old duck couldn't understand that. They have a little soup supper, you know, and say, well, all you come down, there's going to be a good spiritual meeting tonight. And they go down there, boil up some old rooster and sell them for 50 cents a plate to pay the preacher. Real duck don't get that. That's still scratching in the manure pile like chickens do, but the duck didn't eat like that. First thing you know, the old hen wandered off one day catching grasshoppers out behind the barn and field was hot. It was hot. It's about to be hot. It was hot. Now you keep, keep, you keep, she gave him some charge. Now you keep away from those holy roller meetings. I'll take your name off of this book if you cooperate with that. Our church has nothing to do with that. That ain't going to stop a duck. First thing you know, this little fella got up on the hillside and right down below that hill was a running stream of water. And he heard something down there going quack, quack, quack. He said, wow, that sounds like what what I like. That sounds pretty good. And he raised up his little honker and he smelt that water. Brother, it was born in him to love the water. The whole whole hen, cluck, 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 come back here and stuck up his little bill, honk, 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 right straight to the water. He went just as hard as he could go. Why? He was a duck by nature. And a man is a Christian, been been born in the spirit of God. If he has been, he hungers for the supernatural and the power of a living God. As David said in days gone by, when the deep call unto the deep, there has to be a deep to respond. Amen. There has to be something to quench that thirst or you will never, you'll be so unsatisfied. 
Because there's nothing out there that's going to satisfy that thirst. Stagnant pool wouldn't really satisfy. He wanted some living waters. As long as a human being is searching and hungering and thirsting and calling for the power of God, there's got to be a power of God to respond to it. There's a deep that calls to the deep. There's a light that has brought you to where you are. Many times we think the devil has done many things, but God, as I said, God knows how to use storms. The devil is never in control. Never. Can you say that with me? Never. He's never in control. So if he's doing something in your life, it's God allowing it to happen to bring you to a certain part because he knows what it takes. He knows exactly what it takes. He knows exactly how to get you to the place. He knows exactly if you're stubborn, if you're hard-headed, if there's something in you, if you've got a sweet nature, a harder nature. He knows all about you. Therefore, he knows exactly what tool to use to get you to the place where you can receive something from him. The light has brought you to where you are. Quit giving depression the credit. Quit giving sin the credit. Quit giving anything in this world the credit. There's only one thing that's brought you to the place you are right now. And that's the light. Now we see the world. They're being pulled by darkness. And I'm, I, 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 I'm, I purposely have left darkness out of this. Because I'm not interested in darkness. I'm only interested in the light. Because dark, he said, the prince of this world has come, but he has no place in me. He has no pull over my life. He has no, he can fulfill no desire in me. Because there's a light that has brought me to where I'm at. Then don't you know if the light has brought you to where you're at? There's nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that can stop you. I've just, this, I flipped my Bible over in the back and I just want to bring this because I've preached on this before, but this resonated because this light is drawing us not just to Laodicea. That's not his fulfillment. Not just to your death or to a casket. That's not the fulfillment. The light is drawing a body to a body change. And the light is going to draw bodies out of the earth. To stand back up again in the resurrection. David one time was surrounded by a bunch of Philistines. And it seemed like the Philistines was going to beat him. And it's in in 1 Chronicles 14 and verse 15 or verse 14. It says, therefore, David inquired again of the Lord and God said, go not up after them, turn away from them and come over upon them under against the mulberry tree. And thou shalt be when thou shalt hear a sound of a going. (laughs) What was it? It was the pillar of fire that began to whirl in the mulberry tree. It began to whirl. It said, you know, that ain't the way to go. If you go that way, you're going to be destroyed. But I got a way that you can come and you're going to defeat your enemy. I'm going to bring you to a place. And when you hear this sound, I want you to get up and go after them. And he said, in the sound of going to the top of the mulberry trees, then thou shalt go out to battle. For the Lord God has gone before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David therefore did as God commanded him. And they smote the host of the Philistines from Giboin unto Gazir. And the fame of David went out into all the lands. And the Lord brought the fear of him upon all all the nations. Hallelujah. This is why it's important. We don't move unless the pillar of fire moves. But when the pillar of fire is moving, we better move. 
We better follow after that pillar of fire with everything that's got we got in it. It might seem like it took her down a dirt road and down an off-beaten path, but it has never been lost. It's never been turned around. It's never made a wrong choice. It's never went a wrong direction. It's never had to turn around and say, I was wrong. It never had to say, whoops, I didn't know that they'd moved to that address. Oops, I didn't know they didn't have that anymore. Oops, I didn't know that. No, the Holy Spirit is up to date and current and he knows your situation. He knows your struggles. He knows exactly where you're at. You just keep walking. You keep following the pillar of fire because this pillar of fire is not there for your defeat. It is there for your victory and it's going to lead us out of this old world into a new body. Can you hear the sound of a going? The pillar of fire is not here to stay and to keep us here. It's to lead us out of here. And we're going to defeat every enemy on the way. Let's stand to our feet and rejoice in the things of the Lord. The light has brought you here. The light has brought you here. I mean, is someone tonight said, Lord, I want more of you. How many is asking for revival? How many is asking for healing? How many is asking for the Holy Ghost? How many is asking? Just ask and you shall receive. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll take every promise. I don't want to leave one of them out. Every promise in the book is mine from ever, from the cover, front cover to the back cover. Amen. I want to be like that shooting my woman. I want to be waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. I want to be looking for that promise to be fulfilled. I don't want the coming of the Lord to surprise me. Amen. I'd be surprised. And what I mean by that is I missed it. That woman, when she got that news, be out of the gate. She didn't waste a minute. She went. And she stood there for hours and hours. And she wasn't going to let any hindrance take her out. No, no, I'm not missing. He could come by any moment. He told me he would. He told me he'd be here, and I'm not missing it. He told me I was going to get it, and I'm not missing it. He told me I was going to receive it, and I'm not going to miss it. He told me I could have it, and I'm not going to turn around. I'm going to grab a hold of it. It's going to be fulfilled in my life. I'm going to press toward the mark. I'm going to put everything I have into it. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. There's a deep that calleth unto the deep. There's a light that has led you to this place. When a man longs to see God, there's got to be a God where's God somewhere to be seen. When a man longs to receive something from God, there has to be something there to receive. Don't ever lose that desire. Don't ever give up on it. Hang on. Just any day now. Don't ever give up on your loved one returning. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up on your healing. Don't ever give up on your salvation and your Holy Ghost experience. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up on that revival. Don't give up. A promise could be just coming over that last hill. Been waiting a long time. But all of a sudden, you see a little hat popping over the horizon. In that dusk, darkness, you can see. All of a sudden, you make out a body, a man walking. And you can see him walking down the road. Matches the description. 
just what he told me. Matches exactly what he said in the word. Matches exactly. Don't give up. Don't ever give up on a promise. Lord Jesus, Father, we just want to say how much we love you, Lord, and thank you. Thank you, Lord. You're here for us today in the needs and the situations. Lord, it's so comforting to know, Lord. So comforting to know that in the middle of our darkness and things, there's that deep that calleth unto the deep. So we may not can see it. We may not can see the fulfillment of it, but the desire is there. So if the desire is there, the answer has to be there. Lord, may we not give up before the answer comes. But hold on with everything that's in us. May we look and challenge ourselves and say, why are you cast down? Why are you disquieted, disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my confidence, my countenance. And he's my God. He's my God. Is he your God tonight? That he will never fail you. He promised he wouldn't. He will never leave you because he promised he wouldn't. He promised he would be there every step of the way. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for your spirit that's been here today, Lord. Holy Spirit moving in our hearts and our lives, Lord, with expectation. Lord, believing that the promises are being fulfilled. Desires of hearts are being fulfilled. Lives are being changed. Darkness is being driven away. Hurts are being solved. There is a bomb in Gilead, Lord. There is a hurt, Lord, for a wounded spirit or a help for a wounded spirit. There is a bomb, Lord, that can touch and heal and deliver. Because, Lord, we couldn't ever have that desire if it wasn't so. We thank you for that. May we realize the importance of a true desire. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Mike.
Sing that again, sing live in me, oh truly. 